wars, insurrections, earthquakes, famines, plagues. This is the future Jesus is talking about, telling his followers to expect. So I was reading this and I was like, okay, Jesus, we've had them. We've had world wars, starving nations, plagues, a nuclear bomb, perhaps a second explosion of one, earthquakes, certainly insurrections in many countries, and let's not forget hurricanes. We have had a lot of calamities. So, there have been a lot of opportunities for you to come back. (laughs) And you haven't done it yet. So, this is where we are today as we enter this passage. Luke, who is writing this gospel and is also the author of Acts, is not, was not a disciple. He was a physician and he traveled with Paul. So over the course of time, he became thoroughly uh, familiar with all of the stories of Jesus, all the things that Jesus had said, what he was doing. And so when Luke sits down to write his gospel, he has certain things that he wants us to know. He wants them to know, and he wants us to know as well. So he's talking today about Jesus in Jerusalem, very close to the temple. Now, we all know that when Jesus is in Jerusalem, the end is near. Now, I want you to try to picture the enormity of this temple. The largest foundation stone in this temple was 44 feet long, 11 feet wide, and 16 and a half feet high. It weighed between 500 and 700 tons. How did they even move that in the ancient world? How did they ever work with that in the ancient world without all the equipment that we depend on today? The outer court of the temple held 400,000 people. This was enormous. And not only was it enormous, it was beautiful. It was the most renowned, probably, architectural thing in the ancient world. Its walls were adorned with gemstones and gold and just it was an extravagant display. And it had been built by Herod the Great. And Jesus is standing there and he's saying to the people around him, see this beautiful temple? Not going to be there. Not going to be there. It's going to be totally demolished, destroyed. And it was a prophetic word from Jesus. Because nobody, and if you were standing in that crowd, if we were there, we'd be looking at Jesus like, are you kidding me? This is the biggest, strongest building ever built. How can you say that? It's not going to be there. But that's exactly what he says. And 70 years later, we find that the Romans come in and they destroy the temple. 
In fact, it is such a terrible battle that people are inside defending, trying to defend the temple, and the Romans are killing all the people as well because they are set on destroying this temple. And they do. They do. There is only one small section of an outer wall that is left standing to this day. And it's what we know as the Wailing Wall, a holy site. Has anybody ever been there? Yeah, we've been trying to get to Israel for years, but every time something happens so we don't get to go. But that Wailing Wall still stands, and it is a holy site for many people. So, the proclamation that Jesus made, the prophecy that he made, came true. So let's look at the rest of this gospel passage. Luke tells us, and he uses this word specifically when he's talking about the people who were asking Jesus when it was going to happen. He uses the word they, T-H-E-Y, they. Now scholars will tell you that that word is used by Luke to indicate people who were not disciples. So Jesus is not talking to disciples right here. He's talking to people who are following, maybe potential believers, maybe some Pharisees, but they're the they people. They are still trying to figure out who this Jesus is and what he's doing. So Luke says, they ask Jesus when this will take place. And so Jesus responds. He doesn't tell them. He responds with three different imperative statements. He tells them, do not be led astray. And he says, there's going to be a lot of people who come after me and claim to be me. There are going to be a lot of people who try to lead you into following them rather than than me. And he says, so think about it. Have we ever seen false prophets? You see people on the street corner saying the end is in two weeks. Get prepared. Um, We've heard false teachers from time to time. Street corner preachers who just predict nothing but doomsday. And then also the promoters of the prosperity gospel who have told us that if God loved you, you'd be rich. You know, he would give you all of this money. And which was obviously not true because the gospel was all about grace, not prosperity. So Jesus says, do not be led astray by these people. Do not be led astray. And then he goes on and he says, do not go after them. And why would you go after them? Well, maybe to ask some questions, maybe, you know, to get more of their thinking, whatever. He says, don't, don't be led astray by them, but don't even go after them. Don't go to get more information. Don't go to try to persuade them differently. Don't go after them. And then he says, this is the one I really don't like. He says, do not be terrified. 
Do not be terrified in the midst of wars and earthquakes and hurricanes and all the disasters. It is easy to be terrified in the midst of that, to be scared, to wonder what is really happening in the world. He says, do not be terrified with all of the things. Don't let, them, don't let your fears overcome you, is what Luke is really telling us. So, what are we to hear from that? All Jesus' predictions of tragedies and false teachers have hold true. So I think what Luke wants us to hear from this passage is that we are called to learn how to endure, to hold fast, to trust that what Jesus says will happen. And what we're really waiting for is that he will come back, right? We just don't know when. So this could be like a race. Now, I'm going to issue a disclaimer here. I have never run a race in my life. I am not interested in running a race. I admire these people who run day in and day out and train and they run in the rain and the, well, they run in the snow here. But, you know, they're dedicated runners. They are dedicated to, sometimes they're doing it because they want to enter a race. Like, whatever that big race is in Boston that you enter but you don't win, I mean, how many thousands of people run, but only one wins. You know, but they dedicate themselves, and they run, and they run, and they run. So, they are endurers. I think they endure. They are not led astray from their goal. They hang on to what their goal is, and they don't depart from their training. And they're not afraid of hard work, and they're not afraid of commitment. Actually, when you get right down to it, that's a pretty good metaphor for the Christian life. Endurance, running, staying focused, commitment. Like runners, we are holding on to the prize, to what Jesus has promised. Remember last week we talked about that inheritance that we all had, that we are sealed. We're we're focused on what is coming. So I want you to remember uh, Paul, who says in 2 Timothy, I have run, I've fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. That's what this passage is all about. It's about endurance. I mean, you know, I don't think any of us have had the troubles that Paul had. We weren't in jail. We weren't beaten. We weren't, you know. Just you know, just considered to be crazy, and he was mistreated right, right and left. But he says, "I have endured. I have run the race. I have held fast to the truth." And that's what this passage is about. Luke is reminding us we have to hang in there. We have to remain faithful. Jesus has come. He's died. He's been raised from the dead. And he's promised us that inheritance. He has promised us that he's coming back. And so we endure because we know Jesus. We endure because we trust Jesus. But the good news is that we don't have to endure all alone. 
the Holy Spirit has been given to us to enable us to endure, to help us um, to understand, to strengthen us. So endurance is holding on to faith when things are especially tough. I wonder how many people have been in the situation where they just say, I, I, I can't believe this is happening. Have you ever felt like that? I can't believe this is happening to me. Um, I wonder what Mother Teresa thought the many times that things didn't work out the way she wanted them to. But she endured. She endured. There have been people that have said they've endured only because they had the grace of God. Now, St. Teresa of Avila is quoted as saying, Okay, God, if this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you don't have many. But in spite of that, she endured. She endured in her faith. David Livingston was a legendary missionary to Africa, and he prayed, Lord, send me anywhere, only go with me. Lay any burden on me, only sustain me. And he testified, what has sustained me is the promise, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So Jesus promises that no matter what the circumstances or the tragedies or the disappointments that we have, and I suspect that most of us have had those things in their lives, tragedies, disappointments, um, things that have upset them, no matter what has happened in our life, that Jesus remains faithful. He is with us. Sometimes it takes us a while to understand where he was at the time and how he led us through it. Luke continues and tells us when we meet challenges, the Holy Spirit will speak through us. He will give the Holy Spirit. He probably has it as a male, but I think of the Holy Spirit as female. But anyway, male or female, you will receive information from the Holy Spirit. And the word spirit, both in Greek and in Hebrew, is feminine. So I think these words are especially important to us today. This holding fast. Do you, we're often judged Christians are just denounced often for their beliefs that, you know, it's not important to come to church. Um, have you ever said grace in a restaurant and had people look at you like you're just crazy? What are, what are these people doing? Um, we live in a world that is not terribly Christian anymore. And so it's important how we live and how we endure and how we share and how we let the Holy Spirit work through us. Life goes on. Tragedies continue. We don't understand. We question, but we trust and we endure. And as Jesus reminded us in the midst of suffering, confusion, and uncertainty... Do not be led astray by false teachers. 
but do not go after them. And do not be terrified. Continue believing and trusting and hoping and living in expectation of what God is going to do both in your life today and when we meet him face to face. I always like and when I'm doing sermons at a um, funeral to be able to say, Today, that person is more who God created him to be than he's ever been or she's ever been. As wonderful she might have been in this life or he might have been in this life, they've now reached the fullness of who they are in Christ. They've endured. They've finished the race. They've completed it. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, endurance, endurance. Know that Jesus is faithful, that he will bring about what he promises to do. Amen.